0: Welcome to the Imperfect Behavior Podcast. I'm Rhiannon. I'm Melissa. We're
1: just two behavior analysts owning and improving our imperfect behavior.
0: Welcome to Episode 5 of the Imperfect Behavior Podcast. If this is your first time with us, we are behavior analysts who want to share what we know about behavior to help you change your imperfect behaviors, and we hope you join us on the journey as we change ours. If this is your first time with us, I think you picked a good one because we have our first guest. Nancy is an RBT, a registered behavior technician, who is getting started in the field Nancy, can you tell us about how you got started in behavior analysis? Sure.
2: My journey to get here was kind of wonky, but nevertheless, happy to be here. My high school had a class for prospective teachers, and I grew up in a family who had a lot of kids. My mom worked with kids. Uh, My sister's a NICU nurse, so just like kids everywhere. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, it's in my blood. I should give it a shot. And so I ended up doing a Practicum type thing um, in a fifth grade classroom, and I went home and I was like, "I'm not having kids. I want to get my tubes. <laughs> I don't want to be around children. I want nothing to do with it." So, nevertheless, I ended up starting my undergrad in communications and absolutely hated it. Came, like came back home from school, decided that was not my thing, and just so happened to start an opportunity babysitting this little boy down the street from me who has Down syndrome, and I just absolutely fell in love with him. So I changed my major, got way behind in school, school loans, the whole nine, and absolutely loved special education. So that's what I ended up majoring in. However, when I went to actually do my student teaching, I decided the school system was not where I wanted to be. So ABA kind of fell upon my lap and I'm really happy to be here.
1: find it amazing that Across the board, at least for like our generation and prior to us, ABA finds us. I feel like the further we go on and the more the word gets out there about ABA and what we're doing, I think more people will start studying it in undergrad. I completely agree. Most of the stories I hear, it just kind of falls upon us, like we're the. (laughs) I think
2: you're so right. Yeah. My first experience with ABA was actually with the little boy I was referring to. And he had this RBT, registered behavior technician, come out. And you can tell she didn't now knowing what I do know, I can tell she, you know, she didn't really have quality training. And that probably was not her fault by any means, but I was just like, what is what is going on? Me with no knowledge of ABA at the time, I could even tell like this is not working. This is, this is not a good fit, right? The next RBT that he, he ended up having, I was like, I want to be you when I grow up. Like Everything <laughs> she said just made sense. And because at first I was like, APA is a load of baloney. It, none of it's real. It doesn't make any sense. And then she came along and the changes that I saw with this little boy from the get-go... Um, and this is a really good example of how APA, not only with autism, is it an awesome support and um, therapy, but for any child, really. And um, I ended up talking to her and found it, you know, just went on Indeed and found a job for an RBT. And um, that's kind of how I got here. So,
0: okay. So talking about, I, I really like the point that you just said that Behavior analysis is kind of in the spotlight right now with autism, but is so many other uses outside of that, which is really kind of our mission to disseminate this information and, you know, hopefully help apply it to so many different areas of our lives. And so with you, I think one of the main things that takes up your life right now is being a student. So I don't know, like if this is kind of an easy thing to answer, but knowing what you know now now about behavior analysis and you're still learning, what are, you know, some of the challenges of being a student first and foremost, and then how are you able to, like, address those with principles of behavior analysis?
2: It's funny you mention that because, you know, as I'm going through the coursework, for, you know, getting my BCBA. I think about this all the time and, you know, you you learn a principle of ABA and you can apply it to literally any aspect of your life, like past relationships, both personal and professional. You know, you can kind of be like, "Oh my god, that makes perfect sense as to why that played out the way it did." You know, sometimes it makes you cringe and you're like, "Oh god, well, you know, why did I do whatever I did?" But as a student, I guess the biggest thing is I think of everything analytically now, you know, whether it's at work or when I'm doing my studies, like I know for a fact, if my environment is messy, when I sit down to study, I am not going to get good quality study time, you know what I mean? And so that's like, I have a whole system I do before I study. I fill up my water bottle. You know, I make sure my dog is like content. So he's not bothering me. You know, I have to really set up my environment before I sit down to study. And so, yeah, anybody who is familiar with the criteria that comes along with becoming a BCBA knows that it's kind of a vigorous process. You 2,000 hours of supervised field work, lots of classes, your master's. So there's a lot that goes into that. So with that being said, I've had to become organized. Like there was no way around it. I find that ABA helps me in knowing, you know, if, if this is the outcome I need to get, which is to be organized and have all my ducks in a row, I need to do X, Y, Z beforehand. So have my room organized, make sure I have everything printed that I need. You know, it, it's a lot, and unless you're on your A game, it's you're gonna get
1: kind of lost in the weeds. So mm-hmm. those are all really good. Uh, those antecedent strategies they like to absolutely kind of talk about, those things you do before the main <laughs> behavior. A few past few weeks, we've talked a little bit about motivation. What do you think your weekly motivation is to stay organized and ready to go? And then, what's your long-term motivator that's gotten you in this program?
2: I think that my long-term goal is a lot easier to answer than my short-term goal. I actually had to do some thinking about that. So short-term is definitely my weekends. I want my weekends off so I can do whatever I want to do, have a glass of wine or three, you know, hang out with my dog, do my thing. But, you know, along with this, I, at least at FIT, Florida Institute of Technology, where I'm getting my coursework done, there are lots and lots and lots of videos involved. So, if I map out my week correctly and I knock out those videos through the week, my reinforcer and my motivation is to have those done. So, by the weekend, I can be a total couch potato and do my thing. And I've definitely fallen short of that before and not gotten those videos done. And before we were all quarantined and people were actually allowed to go do things, my friends would be like, oh, you know, it's Saturday, let's go to do whatever. And I'd be like, oh, I have to stay home and watch all these videos because they procrastinated. So definitely short-term is knocking those videos out, taking the test, so I can have the weekend. Long-term goals, after my two years of all this is done and all my hours are accumulated, my motivator is definitely becoming a BCBA, a board certified behavior analyst and you know, having my own clients and all the things I'm learning in supervision that I've had with different supervisors, kind of applying all of their knowledge into the type of behavior analyst I want to be. So I'm really excited for that. And of course the pay bump definitely helps. Looking forward to that for sure to pay off these loans I have. Kill we all.
0: <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> Good thing it's worth it, right?
0: And so, I, so. I mean- The three of us all did online programs. I think where we're located, there aren't very many options to go to an actual brick and mortar school. And so I think that kind of brings a whole other implement to the game of online versus in-person classes, I mean, it's really hard sometimes to kind of put that self-management piece in there and actually be able to make sure that you finish the videos on time. The school that I went to didn't have as many videos, but there were plenty and plenty of assignments and papers and um, group projects to do. But making sure that you get online and pause the rest of your life, work, kids, dogs, personal relationships and everything like that and getting that piece done. We've talked a little bit about, you know, the motivation and the reinforcement piece and doing it for somebody else. But when you are the only person to kind of give you that immediate reinforcement and you have to work in managing all that stuff by yourself, it's really easy to give like a bootleg reinforcement where you say, uh, I, I did a close enough job. (laughs) I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna allow myself a free pass today, but do that too many times, especially in the student realm, I think can be really dangerous.
2: You, yeah, I've, I've learned that the hard way and you know what? Natural consequences are the strongest and that is a real thing when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, I think too, I don't know, I've really learned to adapt to to online school, but growing up in California and I went to what basically was a commuter college, even though it was 40 miles away one way, I had to spend most like two days out of the week to make it worth my time to drive all the way up to the school. I would just pack everything in in two days because it was like so far. So I would do all my undergrad work. I would be there from like 7.30 to literally 11 p.m. at night trying to get it all done. And I hated that. Like I had to live up there, basically camp out of my car, sleep in like in my car at nap time, just study in my car. So I've learned over the years to really adapt to online school. And I love it because I can sit in my pajamas or, you know, drink my glass of wine. I really like online
0: school. Yeah. Because I, I did my it. undergrad uh, out of brick and mortar and it was kind of a pain i mean you know just trying to like make sure i had a sitter and make sure that it fit into my schedule but with the online part for me i could do it whenever i wanted to whenever it was convenient
2: yeah i did my um my first semester so that communications stint i had i did at like on an actual campus and then when i switched and did everything online i was like there's no way I'm going back. Like, I'm sitting here in my pajamas. I'm hanging out. I don't have to get in my car
1: to do anything. You know, I can do it all right here. So... Yeah, it'll be really interesting uh, in the times that we're currently living in to see how much more online for work, online for school. I mean, it's already pretty prevalent in society, but really, really interesting to see how we kind of adapt to that. But I really like it. But that being said, too, I had to be really good at you know, that self-management piece, which can be just really difficult. Like, oh, the videos are playing, but I'm not necessarily <laughs> listening to them. Right, if right, I right. didn't do that, if I did that, then I had a punishment at the end, right? My grades weren't as good. I had to study that much harder when finals came around. And that was really stressful because there's so much weight on that final um, or those quizzes to get your grade where you need to be because it's just that much more work <laughs> in a master's program Um, Or for the certificate that there really are some natural consequences and punishment if you don't stay on top of that as well. Right. And I feel like FIT
2: does it the right way. Right. So you have all these videos that you watch and you could put it on, you know, fold the laundry and do the dishes and do the stuff and then come back and just pretend you, you know, you did it, but your tests are proctored, like somebody's watching you, so, you know, you better cross your fingers and cross your toes and hope that you get really lucky or you sit down, you do the work and you feel confident about it.
0: So, Nancy, I want to ask you, um, being kind of new in the field and continuously learning more and more about behavior analysis and we talked a little bit about how you apply it to your everyday life. Do you find yourself using the principles of behavior analysis on your significant other? Absolutely.
2: I mean, there's no way around it. I use it on everyone I know. I feel like at this point, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Especially with everyday things, you know, like I'll be like, well, I really wish they would do X, Y, Z. How do I, how do I get them to do it? And I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, well, what motivates them? You know, what can I kind of withhold before, you know, whether it's, getting them a six pack of beer or, you know, being like, okay, tonight, you know, we can get takeout from whatever restaurant you want to get it from, you know, but absolutely. Yes. I, I use it and I see a difference.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I we're currently in spring break and this is my fourth week of becoming a stay at home mom and homeschool teacher, which is something I never thought I would be doing. Uh, so it's been quite interesting. Last week was rough. I'm really thankful for spring break this week so that I can regroup. And I'm really going to have to sit down and think about specifically for my middle child, how to change the routine, which is really hard for me because I've been really proud of my routine and it fits for me but it's clearly not working for him. So I'm gonna have to like readjust and figure out how to use the skills I have to work on the things that he's struggling with. He struggles to sit there for two hours and get the work done, which I would rather just get the work done You go do whatever you want to do the rest of the day and I am managing the rest of my life, but that's just not going to work. So I'm really going to have to sit down later this week. I'm not ready to conquer that yet, but sit down and think about motivators, create a way to teach him. You have to do school regardless. And how can I work with you? How can we work as a team? um, And then pull out some of those ABA skills to make it better. I mean, because if I don't, then we're just yelling and screaming at each other.
0: And there are students too right now who are struggling and think it's a different time for them and the environment that they're learning in has totally changed. I know with my middle child, one of his big motivating factors for going to school was he liked to see his peers and he really liked to spend time with his friends. And so not being able to have that particular reinforcement, we've had to contrive a ton of other ones, which... It didn't fit into my schedule. It still doesn't. So I think like, (laughs) I don't want to do that. (laughs) I know. I feel like
2: it's, I obviously don't have children of my own, but with my clients, the last few weeks, you know, trying to get them into some sort of routine and believe that environment piece is a huge one, switching up their environment and how we can make the family room that they normally hang out in. And at the end of the day, after school, watch TV, how to make that, okay, actually we're going to sit down and we're going to do schoolwork and they're like what since since when have we ever done that you know It's been a struggle, so I definitely feel for you ladies, doing that with your own little ones. I get to come home and have a break from it.
1: (laughs) Granted, I do 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 some ABA with my dog, but I'm not going to act like that. They match up. (laughs) My husband was smart this week. Speaking of using this on our spouses, he's learned along the way how to kind of use my motivators too and listening. So He really wanted to go hunting on Saturday because it was the opener of turkey season or whatever. And He was very smart this time and said, hey, I would really like to go hunting. If I do this, I will say that you can have the rest of the afternoon off and I will take care of the kids once I get home. And I was like, okay, deal. I said, but I'm going to trade you a little bit more. But you're going to have to do school with our middle kid, so that I just get a mental break on top of you going out hunting and my free time in the afternoon tomorrow. So it was a fair trade, but he definitely, I think, thought about it and thought, well, what would motivate her to get me to go? That's the worst part is when they get smart about it and they're like, oh, hmm,
2: you know, I'll even have my, one of my best friends who, you know, listens to the podcast too. She's like, when my dog is barking and, won't stop at all and you know typically i'd be like you know you need to put him on extinction if it's a behavior you want to decrease you just ignore it if it's attention maintained and here i am like hey stop talking eat this peanut butter stop barking you know and um, she's like you just need to put him on extinction and i'm like all right you know what My personal and my professional life are are kind of overlapping right now, and I actually don't like it at all when you're using it on me. You
1: know, I'm in control,
0: right? Right. I I know know what I'm doing. Yeah. Don't tell me, but I don't. Please send help. I want to hear the truth. Yeah, that's the. (laughs) Oh. Uh. That was awesome. Okay. So Nancy, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us about student life. Can you give one last plug for behavior analysis and why everybody needs to know about it?
2: So here's a good saying. Actions speak louder than words, right? We've heard it so many times. You can put that behaviorally and behavior speaks louder than words. So if you want to change something going on in your life, really look
1: at it in a behavior standpoint. And I feel like you can definitely see change. I love that. Very good. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Head to the Imperfect Behavior Group on Facebook. We would love to talk to you guys, um, especially all you students out there. Come and join us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Imperfect Behavior, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one,
0: guys. Bye.